Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So, who's ready for some football? Tuesday morning, we take you through all the college shows. Gary Anderson, Kalani Sataki, Kyle Whittingham get you their thoughts. Now they've watched the film, so sometimes they have slightly different answers. Sometimes they have the same answer. I asked Kyle Whittingham that at the Ute availability uh, yesterday afternoon. He said it was pretty much what he thought. He did see a few things, and you know that you had to see the look on his face when I brought up Tyler Huntley sprinting to the end zone, even though he's, uh, he's hobbled and he's clearly not 100%. And Kyle did get a little grin like, yeah, I noticed that. He really turned on the Jets. You hear that coming up. We're going to start, though, with Gary Anderson. PK and I chatting with the Aggie head coach. They've lost two straight games. They've lost three of their last four. Gary visits with us every week. He didn't like the way they looked after the win over Nevada, and that's the only win in the last month. So where do they go from here? Clearly, they've got a turnover issue. Uh, 18 turnovers, that's tied for 114th out of 130 teams. That's got to change. But there's a mentality, too, as far as toughness, and Gary will talk about that. Here's Gary with PK and I. Gary, good morning. Good morning, guys. So I am curious watching that game. There's obviously a bunch of stuff that went wrong that you didn't like. A couple of things that jumped out at us, uh, or at least jumped out at me, the five turnovers – uh, but also some really poor tackling. Is there one thing that bothered you the most in that game? Maybe it was something other than those things. Yeah, those are a couple of things. So you go back and look at the film, and I uh, um, say I expressed after the game. Um, that's those are those are glaring factors um, that are, are a huge problem. Um, we had opportunities in in the red zone and turned it over. We had opportunities to make some plays. It was while they were approaching the red zone. Um, and didn't make those plays, which allowed to some scores. And that you know that's what happens in football. I mean, that's football in general. You uh, one team makes plays, the other team didn't. So you know, and the other thing that I would say that uh, you know we have to look at ourselves right square in the face and understand that uh, you know the, the physical battle was was not won by us, and and we can't make any excuse for that in any way, shape, or form. There is no you know there is no youth card, there is no this card, there is no that card. It's uh, you know, we uh, we got out physical, um, and uh, so that's where we are. We have to understand that, and everybody that's in this program needs to look at that because that 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 cannot be, and it won't be, the staple of who we are. And so we'll address it, and we'll do our best to fix it. And we got four opportunities to fix it guaranteed, so we're going to battle through that and go. But uh, we need to get we need to get more physical. We need to get obviously in in those in those spots uh, on the line of scrimmages, uh, at the skill positions, on special teams. We need to become a more physical football team. There's so many ebbs and flows in a season, it's sort of funny, not in a ha-ha way, because you look at Kalani Sataki a few weeks back, and he was in a similar position that you're in now in terms of having some uh, devastating losses, and so mm-hmm. he changes things and makes some reassignments and reevaluates and so forth, and now all of a sudden the sun is just bright, shining brighter than ever as it has been all season, and so you find yourself in his spot. He did what he did in terms of making some coaching assignment changes. What's going to be your method that you do to make sure that the team with these four games as you say gets back to where you know it can be well we're gonna we're gonna stay the course um you know i don't think there's uh, a bunch of panic buttons to push as far as that goes at this point with uh 
with the staff in any way, and we'll continue to always. You know, you're always getting evaluated. You're getting evaluated every single day is, is wherever you're at when you're in a competitive environment and you have three hours and some change as a coach for your position group to go out there and perform and uh, for the team to go out there and perform. Uh, but, uh, you know, there is, there, there is no panic. I think education is what I'm going to do. I'm going to educate uh, the coaches. I'm going to educate the kids on, on what I see. And like I always tell you guys and I tell the team, we're not going to hide from our deficiencies. We're not a bunch of little babies who have to be coddled and, you know, put to bed and, and uh, roll up in a nice little blankie and tell them everything's okay. That's that's If you want to do that, then that's, that's not going to be who we are. So uh, we'll address it. We'll be uh, we'll be aggressive with it. But to understand the sitting, and, and I'm sure a lot of people may sit there and say, oh, my goodness, so you're going to tell them they're not physical. Well, that, that's too bad. I mean, if they don't, they don't like to hear that they're not physical enough, then get more in the weight room, get stronger, get bigger, get faster, do the things you got to be able to get done to be able to do that. But that doesn't happen right now overnight, and we can be more physical than we were in that last game. So that, those are things I'm going to address. And, and I'm going to be positive with these kids because I love them. I love this crew. I think that they can do a lot of great things. But uh, I told them at the beginning, I'm going to hold them and myself accountable to a high level. So, we'll, again, we'll discuss. We'll educate. Uh, we'll hug them up and let them know we love them. And, uh, but that means we push them with some tough love sometimes. So 18 turnovers now. This has been a season-long issue. That's a tied for 114th in the country out of 130 teams. What do you do to cut down? It's more interceptions and fumbles, but you've lost a half dozen fumbles too. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what do you do to change the turnovers? Because those are big plays, and they change games fast if you stop making them. There's no doubt, and so many of those have come within the red zone, right? Um, and there's there's a, a handful that have been directly related to points as far as whether it's on offense or whether on defense, the positioning of the field and a lot of those turnovers has been key, which is another spot to address when it comes to turnovers. So, um, you know, we need to we need to work it. We need to coach them better. Um, there's opportunities to get the ball out. You know, the, the fumble, it's easy to say, gee, Bright fumbled it. Well, that's a missed assignment. And we got a free hitter right at the right at the place of contact where the ball's basically being delivered. And um, so that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to go down to his, his fumble. But at the end of the day, it should go down to the guy that made the missed assignment um, that made the wrong blocking scheme in that situation. So a lot of things go into turnovers, not just the guy that uh, you know was either pulling the trigger the last the last uh, you know the last pick that's down there that BYU does a great job of picking the ball and runs it back there at the end of the game. You know it's uh, it's hard to actually not throw a bad ball when somebody hits you right in the back of the neck coming off the edge. So um, those are tough things to to deal with. So there's an accountability factor from coaches from everybody that's involved to continually make that work and turnovers is not good it's not where we want to be but again it's just to me it's overall it's just understanding if you don't like to hear the hard stuff that comes your way at this point where we are then you know we're just uh we're a house of cards we're a bunch of pretenders so we'll we'll talk about it we'll, we'll address it and it won't just be we had five turnovers we'll talk about why those turnovers happened and uh you know made the strong survive whether they're coaches or players yeah, in terms of the strong survive, and that involves injuries too, because obviously you suffered a major blow at linebacker, yep. but the games still count, and they'll have an official record at the end of the season. But nevertheless, how do you overcome the loss of Woodward, who obviously was I mean, arguably, if not maybe definitely, your best defensive player? 
Yeah, yeah, he's he's special, and you know, I, I think this happened a long time ago, back in the Wake Forest game. But you know, fool, we lost as a defensive tackle, and I don't, I just, I don't say that as an excuse. I say that to respect the fool that he was a great player on that defensive line for us, and um, was you know potentially an all-conference player. And now we lose, I don't know, one of the best linebackers in the country for sure, and one or two in the tackles all year long. So you're right. I mean, the game does go on. Um, it absolutely stinks for both of those kids. It's a tough deal for them to deal with, and it's tough for this football team to be able to deal with. Uh, but there's two freshmen now that have an opportunity. And, uh, you know, Elijah and A.J. need to step up and go. And they didn't play good enough last game. I don't care if they're freshmen. It's their first start. and um, that's that's. I'm not pointing to their finger at them. I'm pointing the finger at me. i got to help them better. I'm pointing the finger at Justin. Justin's got to help him play better. And the kid will play better. And the rest of the defense needs to pick it up to help him play better in those situations. So um, there's a lot of stress in that situation. That's a tough place to come in. And middle linebacker, when you've had limited snaps and you're a freshman, and, yeah, again, it's uh, – you got to look at yourself and say, "Hey, how are we going to make to get this thing better?" And those kids will accept, accept that responsibility. But uh, you know, we're, gonna, we're not going to hide again from our deficiencies. And I love those two kids; they will fight and they'll battle and they'll study. Uh, and we just got to make sure we're helping to get where we need to be. But it, it stinks for Woody. Uh, tough, tough, tough situation for him to deal with. And uh, you know, he was looking for greatness again this year, and he was well on his way. But uh, that didn't take place. So the key for Woody right now is for us as coaches is, is to support him off the field and just make sure he's okay um, as he goes forward and he's still a big part of this football team. Gary Anderson, Aggie coach, joining us here after the loss to BYU. That's uh, three out of four. Do you look at those in the kind of the groups of four? Because you won three of your first four. And what has changed? What looks different right now? No, that's that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, you look back and you study the films, and you look at yourself as a as as a coach, position coach, as as a crew. Um, I think we played some some good teams. Um, there's no doubt about that, and we just need to make sure again we're striving to be a team. I think that's the thing that's going to take us to the next spot. We found a way in the games that we've won in the league games. We're sitting three and one. You know, one side may have played better, one of this or whatever it may have been, but it was a it was a team. Structurally, you looked and you sat back after the game and said, man, that was that was a grinder. That was a tough game. But, uh, you know, we won as a football team. And offense, defense, and special teams all contributed. And, again, somebody may have had the upper edge a little bit at one position group or what have you. But the point is, is it was it was a team. And that's, that's what we need to look at in this next four games. We need to grind away to you know, look at it, be a team. Um, it's glaring the number of plays that this defense has played. Um, it was better this last game with the offense having some success, you know. But we're uh, we're running to be exact. We're running 83.9 plays a game um, on defense, which is 130th in the country. Um, that's not a recipe for winning football games. Maybe it is if you're scoring 50 points a game. Um, It'll give you a chance to be able to win, but that, that's not team football, right? So we have to look at that and structurally study where we are, and there's so many of those things that we do, and I make sure I try to help them and as a head coach to understand, the, the staff understand, and, and the kids understand where they're at. So um, it's not panic again. It's going to be a team effort. We're going to work on all the things that uh, are going to allow us to get us in a position to play better. And I think it's all this time of year, I think it's very important to make sure that we're smart with the kids. Um, you can't all of a sudden say, hey, we need 25 more minutes of practice. That's not the answer. The answer is to make sure you structurally use your time very well that you have the kids. So this week's opponent, Fresno State, and it's almost like you guys are mirror images of each other. You have uh, one game better in the conference. 
but there's been some good moments. There's been some bad moments. So with that in mind, from my perspective, I'm looking forward to this game because I see teams that are desperate to make sure that they have a good season because this season could go either way for both of you guys. You're going to see that way, expect a baby a a team that's uh, with four games left, both of you, to really need to find a way to finish strong? Yeah, uh, I would I would agree with that. I think that's that's very, very true. And, you know, you kind of see uh, they were a championship team a year ago, and you see how many people that they lost when they're battling to get that back and get those guys in a position replacing some tremendous, tremendous players, and um, especially on that defense. But those kids are battling to get better every single day. And I think that's the you know, flip side on, you know, on offense. Um, you lose a lot of players, and you're battling to get those guys back where they need to be. So uh, that's football. It's, there's there's up and downs and there's flows as far as uh, the guys that you have and the experiences that the experience that you have but you know they've, they've battled they won some games they got a quarterback who's a tough competitive guy uh, can make things happen with his feet which was obviously a problem for us last last uh, this last game and so we're gonna have to answer to that and get a kid on the ground um, they got they got a bunch of speed it's Fresno they got guys that are fast and they do a nice job of recruiting and Tedford's a really good coach so we'll have our work cut out for us um, we're going to their place and but I agree it's two teams are kind of sitting in the same spot if you will that to still have some opportunities in front of them and you know it, uh, it, it it's great to be in the spot with the last four weeks to see you know what what, what your team's going to be made of because that's going to be the makeup for the seniors and that's how they're going to be remembered forever so it's going to be interesting to see how they come back and fight when they get put in these spots. So, looking at Fresno's scores, these guys play really high-scoring games. 41-38, What makes their offense hard to start? Hard to stop. Let's start with that. Well, I think Coach Tedford does a great job of using his personnel. I don't think that. I know that. Um, he's got an answer. Or if you're doing one thing, he's going to move to another. So in other words, if you're pressuring him, he's going to do some things to be able to beat the pressure. And there's a little bit of a chess match that goes back and forth there because he's obviously extremely experienced in what he does. Um, and then he has talented players. You know, they have they have game breakers on the offensive side of the ball that uh, can go the distance, and they've been able to do that in um, uh, situations that, quite quite frankly, score a lot of points uh, throughout the year. And as you look at their scores. They uh, they get that done regardless of where they're going. So you know, it's uh, a good football team with some talent, and you know it's not going to be a it's not going to be a ten to seven football game. So it won't be that. He's Gary Anderson. He is the head coach at Utah State at Fresno State CBS Sports Network Saturday night at five, and you hear it right here on the Zone with Scotty G on the call. Gary, thanks for a few minutes. We'll talk to you. Appreciate it, guys. Have a great day. Go Aggies. There's the Aggies head coach, Gary Anderson. Coming up, Kyle Whittingham after a big win, loving a bye week with some big news about Tyler Huntley. He'll tell you about that next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Time to go to Kyle Whittingham's 
Availability, where he talks about a lot of subjects, doesn't really know what to say about Bam Olasini after his debut on the offensive line, thinks the bye week is going to be great for Tyler Huntley, that Huntley's going to be 100% for the UCLA game, has a few other topics to hit on, the improvement among the receivers. Here's Kyle with the media. Hostile environment like that to, against a quality team after they're coming off a bye, I mean, that, you know, the deck was stacked against us and, and our guys came through. They did a great job, they, they fought, they handled adversity, you know, didn't flinch when we got down 14-3. And uh, just continued to uh, fight the entire 60 minutes and found a way to win. You said this was as big a win as maybe you've had since joining the Pac-12. It was big, yeah. I think since joining the Pac-12 in league play, I think it ranks right up there maybe at the top as far as just league play. But, uh, you know, we can't pat ourselves on the back too long. we got to get, you know, there's, there's two teams in the south right now that control their destiny. It's us and UCLA. And so they're feeling good about themselves, and we're positive we'll get their best shot next week. Are you so, allowing your team to kind of enjoy, you know, now that they have the vibe, what they've accomplished so far before sure. they start focusing on Yeah, UCLA? absolutely. It's, it's time to, to take a breath and enjoy what you've accomplished so far, but, but understanding there's a lot of work to be done, a lot of work, and there's a lot of football left, and, and uh, just see how, uh, see how things unfold. Now that you've watched the film, do you see the game any differently than you saw it when you were walking off the field? Did you pick up on stuff? No, pretty pretty much what we suspected. We started to take control with the O-line about the midway through the first quarter and uh, made a bunch of plays in the second half. We're really good on third down in the second half. Um, you know, that, that pick six by Jalen's I think was probably the play of the game as, as we thought afterwards and and uh, pretty much no surprises when we watch the tape. You mentioned that O-line kind of funkiness early on in, in the first half. What can you say about the guys like Nick Ford, Simi Moala, guys who can step in and kind of be versatile like that? Well, it was incredible what Simi did because he didn't practice last week. Like I said, he was he was uh, unavailable for practice and to come in and, and play at the level he did without having uh, – you know, really any practice the preceding week, that was phenomenal what he did. And then Nick Ford's versatility, as you mentioned, to be able to play outside and inside uh, is a luxury for us. Now he's a, I think his best spot is at guard. I think that's where he really feels most at home and most comfortable. And he's of the most value to us because he's a road grader inside. He really gets good movement off the ball. And so uh, if we can keep him inside, that, that helps us out. A lot's been said about Zach's running ability and you know, at the next level, but his receiving, uh, his hands, he has soft hands for a guy that runs that far. He does. He's got very good hands. Very, he's very productive in the run game or in the in the throw game. And when he catches the ball, he's got really good vision. And, and you know that's of course where the running back skills come into play. So so when he gets the ball in his hands, whether it's by handoff or by a reception, he's dangerous in the open field. I know you don't worry about where you'll be ranked in the playoff rankings tomorrow, but did you? Just- is it nice to be in the conversation? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, to, to be able to, you know, what are we, nine games in now and three to go, and to be able to be in position where we still have uh, a lot of positive things going on, that's a that's a, a good situation to be in. You mentioned you were really good on third down. Your receivers went and made a lot of big plays. They were good throws, but a couple of throws maybe weren't perfect or maybe the guy wasn't on the perfect route, but it seemed like the guys went and got the ball with the level of kind of aggression and confidence that we haven't seen. What's What's been the difference? Yeah, that receiving group continues to grow weekly, and they, they seem to be getting better and better. You saw Brian Thompson make a great adjustment on a throw that was a little bit behind him early in the game. You saw Samson Nakua you know, curl around the defensive back and make that play. Uh, Jalen Dixon made a couple nice plays. Um, Samson or uh, Solo Solomon Enos made a, a fine play coming across the middle on a dig where he reached out and, and uh, you know strong handed it and, and brought it in. There was there was several plays and we had zero drops, which is uh, 
you know, that's huge, you know, because you don't want to, you know, drops are drive killers, and we had zero drops in that game. At coaches' meetings, will you advocate for goal line cameras at all games? <laughs> I, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm surprised we didn't have them. I thought we did have them, but but uh, that would have been nice there because we're pretty sure that he got in, but but they didn't see it that way. And the ref that had the best angle was screened by, uh, by I think it was Zach was in his way or someone was in his way. What have you learned about your team nine games? Wow, a tough group of individuals. They don't flinch. They're resilient. They're gritty. Um, adversity doesn't bother them. Uh, they, they trust each other, and uh, they genuinely love each other. It's a team that has a great culture to it. Nick said that as the play calls came in in the fourth quarter, he already felt like he knew what was going to happen, and there was kind of a feeling in the huddle like, oh, that's the play. We know what's going to happen. Do you hear the calls come in? Do you have that kind of sense before they break the huddle? Yeah, I'm on the headsets, and I'm, when, when we have the ball, I'm on with the O, and, and when the D's on the on the field, uh, vice versa. And so uh, I thought Andy called a great game, and that was a good defense that we faced. I mean, they're, they're no, you know, there's not that's not a, a uh, just a ragtag group. That's a good defense, and uh, it did take us a little bit of, of time to get going, but once we got settled in, uh, and, and if we don't turn the ball over twice in the second half, which, you know, credit them for taking it well, the one we just dropped. But, but uh, if we possess the ball and do a better job with that, then we have even more offensive production. But should have, would have, could have. The players talked about not seeing certain things in the first half and the, the coaches making adjustments at half. How valuable has Scally and Ludwig been in your guys' success this season? Very valuable, and, and uh, there were some things in the run game that they showed that they hadn't shown before, and that's what you expect off a of bye week. You, we anticipated having things that, that uh, hadn't shown up on film. You just don't know what they're going to be, and that's where the value of not only at halftime but oftentimes prior to that, you know, on-field adjustments in the first half can be valuable as well. But both those guys are, are outstanding at uh, making adjustments, in-game adjustments. How did Bam perform in his brief debut? You know, it was uh, you know, it was a tough situation to throw him into. You know, his first... Uh, you know, power five experience in an environment like that. And, and you know, really, I really can't give you a good answer because it was so short-lived. He only played six snaps before he went went uh, went down with an injury and was not available to go back in. And so uh, I can't, it's not fair to give an assessment off that. Uh, let's wait until he has a, a bigger body of work and then I'll let you know. Was he in there starting because of an injury or was uh-huh. he the plan to start? Yeah, like I said, Simi Moala okay. didn't practice at all the previous week. Yep. Because I went to the Seahawks game yesterday and saw Chase and Co- I mean uh, Marquise and Cody. Mm-hmm. Can you just I, I, you, you talk to all these teams? Do you ever have a sense that the Seahawks were going to take both of those guys? No, you, you never know. I mean, that's it's it's weird how that works. I mean, yet we can have uh, you know scouts from ten different teams talk to me about a certain player and show huge interest, and then he gets drafted by a team that never even had conversation with any of us and so so you never know how that's going to unfold but it was great to see those guys Friday night they came by the hotel and spent time with us and uh, they're both doing very well yeah for Mark used to be starting as a rookie it's great yeah, yeah that's awesome and we're, we're proud of those guys and and uh, hopefully they have uh, long uh, successful careers yeah. on the on the go-ahead touchdown Tyler's been out there limping around he doesn't look 100 percent and he didn't look exactly like Tyler Sprinton, but he looked a lot faster getting to that pylon than I expected. What did you think? <laughs> yeah, he hit the he hit the uh, the juice button there and and uh, made a great effort to get in. And he was, you know, as, as you could tell by his you know his just his gait and his uh, you know how he was moving around, he wasn't 100. percent And that you know off the subject, this buy comes at a great time in that respect because he should be 100 percent by. Uh, by the next game, but but yeah, he, I think it was just an adrenaline rush, and and uh, he, he saw that pylon and 
and uh, made a great effort and got in, and that was that was huge. How was this offense different when Tyler's 100% compared to what he has been? Well, there's a lot of things that uh, he does that we haven't been able to do the last few weeks as far as moving the launch points and and uh, getting him uh, you know in the play action game more heavily, and and so it changes. I don't want to say completely, but there's there's a lot of things that uh, have to be adjusted. And Jason Shelley did another fine job of coming in and adding to what we're doing. Not not a ton of snaps, but his snaps, for the most part, were very productive. What was the difference with the defensive line? It seemed like they didn't get much pressure early. Easton had a lot of time to throw. But later in the game, it seemed like they were getting, even if they were knocking him down, they were around him. I think we wore him out. And, and like we know, we're deep at the defensive line, and we had... Uh, you know, seven guys rolling through there where they stayed pretty much with the same five with their offensive line. I think in the second half, we started to wear them down just with our physicality and, and sheer size and, and just uh, fresh bodies coming at them. Earlier, you mentioned the, the camaraderie and closeness of this team. That's a coach's dream, but it doesn't always happen. No, so it doesn't. How, 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 how has it come together? What has been the catalyst for this group this year? That's a great question because if, if there was a great answer, you'd have it every year. You know, it's just the chemistry. The chemistry has to has to jive and, and match up, and, and uh, we just have an outstanding chemistry this year. And some years you have it, some years it's not as much. And so it's something you can't really control it, but you can certainly encourage – you know, being a great teammate and, and loving each other and, and that type of thing. But, but just because you encourage it doesn't mean it always happens. With two bye weeks this year, how does that change recruiting? How much do you have your assistant coaches fanning out over the country? Do they focus locally with the playoffs? How, how does that impact it? Well, it impacts it quite a bit because uh, you get X amount of days. I think it's 42 days to get it done. And typically in most years, with one bye week, you don't end up utilizing them all. But we'll, we'll be out of days by the end of this bye week and so so we won't be able to go to any more games after this week and so that that's the biggest impact is being able to utilize all 42 days instead of having you know a handful of days left over at the end there's utah football coach kyle whittingham coming up next kalani sataki take the zone with you wherever you go let's go download the all-new zone sports network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, the Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. All right, we've heard from the Aggie and Ute coaches. Now let's hear from BYU football coach Kalani Sataki visiting with the media. Uh, I'll take any questions. Just looking forward to this week and, uh, you know, um, having our guys prepare well and, and be ready to play against a team that's, uh, that's a re- you know, really explosive, and on, especially on the offensive side, has some really good athletes. And uh, looking forward to the game against Liberty. Q Freeze is an amazing coach. He can... And his staff is a uh, well coached. I mean, they have a lot of experience. So they've been in a lot of different places and, and done done a lot of things in, in college football. So looking forward to that matchup. Do you have any update on Jaron's status or Zach's status? No, I'm not at this moment. No, I'm still day to day. So pretty much, yeah, we'll find out day to day. So last week, Zach, he was doubtful. This this week, uh, is it improved. His Whatever status? is, yeah, of course, it's better than doubtful. So. <laughs> What's between questionable and doubtful? That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, it's between those two. What? Uh, <laughs> when did uh, Jaron suffer his injury? Was it during that? Uh, I think it was on that on that uh, touchdown run. Yep. And so we're just still going to evaluate him. I think I said this in the in the post game is that 
I just want him to be healthy, and, and his his uh, life is all that matters to me right now. And we'll just we'll just go with what our medical. We have really good medical staff, and they, they I trust them, and and uh, you know with the mindset that we'll take care of Jaron first. Lisa just mentioned on the coordinator's corner show that after the USF loss, you took a bigger role on defense. That's something that they welcomed. Can you kind of describe what 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 you've taken on in that responsibility? Just. Just coaching football, you know, and just trying to be, trying to get our guys in the right spot. So I think Coach Tuyaki and the, and the rest of the coaches do an amazing job. They had some great adjustments that we made, even in this game against Utah State. And um, you know, I oversee the whole team, and so I'm going to be involved in all three phases. And so, uh, you know, I just I trust those guys, and, and whatever I can do to help out and help us win games, I'm going to do. What are your thoughts on on how Aaron has? handled these quarterbacks and essentially he's had three quarterbacks ready to go and not miss a beat when they've come in yeah I, I I've been around A-Rod for a long time we were teammates and friends you know when we played here at BYU and worked together for most of our coaching lives you know so uh, I have a lot of confidence in him and I've seen him uh, work I've seen him the relationship that he has with his group and with his position groups and I've seen how they all work together and that's what you're seeing right now that it's a collectively they're doing a great job you know, and, and um, whether guys can play or not, they're involved in in the game plan and involved with their, their, their feedback. And it's been a really cool thing to see. And uh, A Rod's doing what I, I always knew he could do. So a lot of a lot of uh, confidence in him and his skills and his coaching skills. A lot of explosive plays on Saturday from the offense. Was this kind of the the offense? What they showed on Saturday was that what you were seeing in fall camp? Because that was a kind of a buzzword in camp was those explosive plays. Yeah, I think we were able to capitalize and, and, and you know make some of those plays, you know. But I, I think the uh, I said it after the game that I like the way our, our our team approached the game. I like the the preparation. I like the execution, and um, you know I like that we were able to get some big plays. But that's how you got to get points on the board, you know. So um, we were able to make some big plays on on defense as well, and uh, just I just like the way these guys are starting to work right now, and just got to keep building on it, you know. So. This is another great opportunity for us this week to play a quality team, and and um, I know it's going to be a big game for all, for us as well. So we're looking forward to the matchup. From the film study, what areas do you want to see improvement coming out of that win? There's a lot of different things that we can improve on. We're going to work on that right now and put this game away real quickly. I mean, uh, we celebrated it enough, you know. So uh, we're focused on Liberty today, and um, we'll make a few corrections, but we'll spend as, as less time on the Utah State game as possible because we've got to move on and, and get to the next one. You have four years of coaching experience at an independent program. They're taking the independent route, you know, Liberty is. What's it like, you know, seeing them as they, you know, as you've looked at them and, you know, they're they're, they're taking a, a journey that you've been dealing with as a coach just as far as being an independent? Yeah, I think they had a, they had a vision of what they wanted to get accomplished, you know, and, and uh, moving into the FBS uh, um, category of, of competing and as an independent, uh, the best thing that they're doing is they're winning games, you know. So they, uh, right now they're, they're they're efficient and they have a lot of talent and a lot of a um, lot of talent in the skill position, especially too. You see a lot of speed and athleticism, and so uh, I think they have an exceptional receiver, um, you know. So and, and their quarterback, they've been around. The quarterback's a, a senior now, and you, you can see he's a seasoned player. Um, he's the same guy that went into. Baylor and led that team to a win, you know, when he was a sophomore, I believe. So uh, it just it seems like there's a lot of good leadership on this team and uh, from their head coach and also from their staff. And then, 
you're seeing that there's a there's a good connection with him and 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 his, and his receiver and um, so you know I think Calvert's going to cause some issues for us but uh, luckily we've been able to go get some really good quarterbacks I think he'll fit right into what we see from a lot of different people and I think that receivers they have some really big size receivers and and, and with the great ball skills and and uh, they have some really fast and athletic guys that can run around too and, and a big old line so uh, defensively we have to be ready and then defensively they have guys that, that can make plays and they have a lot of athleticism so uh, we're gonna have to try to you know we have to work hard and be good in all three phases and, and try to get the result that we want along those same lines is there kind of like an inherent respect for liberty because like you guys they also have an honor code kind of hold themselves mm-hmm. to high standard on and off the field just maybe speak to that yeah i think i think there's a lot of similarities you know i know that that's that's something that they, they have as an honor code as well and so uh, you know, there's, there's. A, I think um, it's going to be a fun game. You know, I know they're go, they're kind of new into the independent stage, and so, and new to this this division. You know, so uh, they 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 played some really tough teams. I, they played Syracuse and they played Rutgers and P5 schools right away. And that's, I just know that I know that coaching staff. And you look at the experience that's on that coaching staff, and you and you you marry that with the players that they have and the talent that they have and the confidence that that they have, especially after this last week. Um, yeah, I think I think that we're gonna have to be ready for this, and then our guys uh, got to keep improving. Have you crossed paths with Hugh Freeze? I have, yeah. Circles? Yeah, I've been. Uh, I, we were, you know, see, we see each other quite a bit on, on the, um, the conventions and things like that. But we were at, at, a, at a coaching event this this summer together, and I got to spend a lot of time talking to him and other coaches, um, and you could see the level of um, just knowledge in the game of football, you know. So the and you look at his coaching staff, they, they've got tons of experience. So this is going to be a good matchup for us. What do you think the team, because the team looks significantly different for a lot of different reasons than what it started out this year, injuries, things like that. Where do you think the team has evolved the most at this point of the year from where it started at the beginning of the season? Oh, the players. I, I think the connection that they have with each other keeps getting better and better, you know, and, and the belief that they have in each other, is, is it's impressive. So... Uh, I've, I've loved the leadership from this team, but it's not just the upperclassmen. It's everyone that that's kind of bought into each other, and they believe in each other. Even when things are looking really rough, these guys had each other, and that, that's the uh, that's the wonderful thing about adversity. Sometimes it, 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 you're, you're allowed to know who actually has your back and who's there for you. And and these guys are enjoying each other's company and having a lot of fun, and they're working really hard. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how hard they work this week to get this win for this weekend. How do you describe? Baylor Romney doesn't come off as kind of the quarterback personality type, like maybe you've had in the past. Well, I don't know. He's uh, he's he's handsome and he's tall, <laughs> and so there's that's that's a quarterback type, right? And he's confident, but I think that uh, he's really humble and he's a great teammate. And the guys, the guy that you see right now that that enters the field whenever he whenever he plays, uh, he handles himself with such professionalism. It's amazing, you know, and. Um, it's just nice to know that you can always have that, that, that guy ready to roll. And we, we have a, a room full of quarterbacks that can play, you know, so I'm just glad that uh, those guys, they answer the call whenever their number is, is, is up there and, and, and uh, they're, they're ready for it. And, and I, I just love the, the poise and the composure that he's showed. And, but, uh, I mean, he's been the same guy when no one really saw him take the field. He's been that same guy every day. And, and if you watch – after practice, he's always thrown to his brother after practice, doing extra work. And we have a, 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 we have to end practice pretty early because we have a lot of guys that want to stay out there and do extra work. And that's 
that's something that that's a huge indicator that this this team works hard. They do a lot of the extra time that that's not required of them, uh, both on the field and, and and also in the film room. How has Zach kind of tackled the, the recovery on, on with his thumb injury? What's like his you know work ethic? What's he been doing? To well, yeah, he's he's been involved. I mean, all those guys are involved with it and and, and in tune with what's going on with the team. You know, so. Uh, they'll be around as much as they can, and, and in the in the quarterback room and on the sidelines helping them out. And Zach didn't travel, but he was at the game and and was able to, you know, to help out. And, and whenever um, Jaron was out and was he was on the sidelines helping out as much as he can. So they're going to relish the role that they're, they've been given and and try to maximize as much as they can with it. Uh, Joe Critchell has done an amazing job too in being ready. So uh, I think it's. It's been nice that those guys have such a great approach to it, but I think the whole team has taken that that mentality of, of be ready when, when your number's called. What does, that, what does that say about recruiting that you're able to get guys like Baylor, but you also mentioned Joe and guys to kind of build that depth to get into the program and, and build that quarterback depth for when things go wrong like this? I just know that, um, you know, I just never want to go without a quarterback. And I know we've, we spend a lot of time in that position, but we, it really goes for every position group. That you just don't want to be down, guys. You know, so uh, I think that you have to, in order to get them ready, you have to you have to develop them, and and but you also have to have, get them in the right mindset, and you have to get the type of personality that's ready to play, and will do whatever they can to, to help us win, and probably pays more attention and does extra work on their own because they're not going to get the amount of reps. I mean, the fact that Baylor is able to do what he does right now with the limited amount of reps that he's received from fall camp to now. Uh, it's amazing, and that's that's a lot of his own individual work and and how much he does stuff on his own. Because you only have so many reps in practice, and even in the film room. And so, to have these guys, and and it's not just him, but to have players that are involved in trying to get better, watching someone else that that's huge. That's that's huge for us. But it's a, it takes a extreme amount of discipline and hard work and and belief in themselves to be ready. Of the guys that are that have redshirt years available, who's in the best position to maybe compete for some playing time down the stretch run, still maintain their redshirt year? Um, we're still hoping to get you know Troy Warner and Chris Wilcox back, and um, I think uh, you know we were trying to keep some of our freshmen in, in a redshirt mode, but I think um, to look at the most of the freshmen are still in play to keep their redshirt on. Um, I think uh, George Udo is the only one that's kind of got got past that moment now, so we're just going to play him. And um, but for the most part, I think the other guys are still safe on on their year. Staying with the cornerback here, Dimitri Gallo's four, played four games. Is he going to redshirt the rest of the way, or we don't know yet. We're still trying to figure that out. That's kind of all up, all up <coughs> in the air right now. As we look at our depth, and do you look at the emergence of Shimon Willis and others that have stepped up in the position, and even with the movement of. Dying going to safety, you know, we we still have the flexibility to move them back and forth if we want to. As an independent program, you used to play a lot of programs each other you never played before. Are there any challenges to that facing a team like say Liberty this week, first time ever? I think it's the same thing goes for both teams, you know. So um, I know that that uh, we've been independent. We really only play the three teams pretty much on on a annual deal, right? But the 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 rest of it is it's. This is the first time Tennessee saw us, and the first time we saw them. So I don't, I don't know if it really matters. You played a lot of sophomore and freshman. We've talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. How do you evaluate their progression as those those guys? Because I mean, at this point in the season, a lot of them are you know seasoned. They've played a lot of games. So how do you kind of evaluate how they're progressing? I think the best way to evaluate is to see how well prepared they are. You know, um, and not not just on the field. I think there's a lot of great athletes that can run around, but. 
Um, speed does nothing for you on the field if you're running the wrong way. So uh, I think for us is to make sure that mentally they're ready and that they're up for the up for up for the challenge. You know, and and for us is to see how they really want to take advantage of the opportunity that's in front of them. And for the most part, we have a lot of guys that, that are just ballers and want to get in there and, and show that they can make a play. You've gone a lot, we've talked before also about the, the three-man um, front that you've used defensively mm. quite a bit, usually quite a bit against Utah State. That's a lot of pressure on those three guys to you know, make things happen and be disruptive. What, what have you seen from their development just as, as they've taken on that challenge of, of being the main point of attack guys? Well, I think it's hard, you know, to, to be sitting in that spot and have guys. You're, you're basically asking for a double team, and in some cases with Kyrus, a triple team, you know. But uh, there, uh, if you're looking at three versus five, there's going to be one that's going to be one on one. You better win, you know. And, and I expect if we ask the three guys to, to disrupt the timing of the pass and, and stop the run, then they got to do it. That's just what the, that's the challenge. That's, that's that they can help the team win if they get that done. And uh, obviously, we can do things as a coaching staff to make sure that we're in the right place to win. But um, at times, it's not going to look pretty. But if we can stop teams from scoring, and I mean, I, I look at the stats, and everyone's like, "Well, there's so many yards, so many yards." Well, when were those yards being done? You know, if you look at that, at the last two drives or last three drives, um, you know, we, I thought we were, we were doing the right thing and playing smart football. But I also look at the trade-off and the turn turnovers that we were able to force. Five turnovers and one one turnover on downs, which is basically six turnovers. I like the, I like the the math in that, and I like the fact that it's hard to win point uh, win games when you only score fourteen points. Last couple of questions. Have any players like uh, Kiefer or Tr- Tristan Hodge uh, have they been rolled out as season-ending injuries, or is there nope. still hope that they're going to be back? No, Mitch, but nice try. <laughs> but you guys just have to trust me that when they're out for the year, I'll tell you right. And so. Um, which means that if they come back for the bowl game or whatever, it doesn't matter if, they, if they're back for one game, then that's what it is right now. And right now we're not bowl eligible, and so I'll, I'll make it easy for you. We're not bowl eligible yet, right? And so we're trying to get there, so they're still available to play at least the last game. Um, but hopefully we're getting them back this week, and we, we'll see. Uh, I think um, Tristan's pretty close, and I think Kiefer's pretty close, so we'll see. What went into the decision to have Keanu go to guard and then get, and keep uh, Blake at, at off of that right tackle? I think Coach Grimes and Coach Mateos worked it out, and then the guys competed. We talked about competing all the time, and um, Keanu's he's, he's familiar with playing guard. So, um, you know, it's interesting. Our, our, our players can play a lot of different positions at O-line especially, and um, that's a huge compliment to the way Coach Grimes and Coach Mateos helps those guys prepare, and, and also great for the all five of those guys to know how to play right and left stance, and also they can play all, a lot of different positions. I mean, uh, we have... James Epi can play all five positions on, on O-line, and Tristan Hodge can do the same. But there's a lot of those guys. Keanu can play four because he doesn't snap the ball, but that helps out when you can try to get the best five on the field. And we felt like moving Keanu at guard would be a, a good – give us the best chance, you know, with, with the competition that we saw all week. Anything else? Let's allow Blake to succeed like he has to this point. He's 18 years old, probably underweight. Yeah, but he's he's a he's a fighter and he he works hard. I mean, this guy is not not new to success and competition. He's explosive. So you look at the things that he's done as a track and field athlete. He's won state and I think javelin, discus, and and the uh, the shot put. And if there was a hammer in Utah, he'd win that too. So I think he's done it for a couple of years. 
And then you look at the way he played basketball and, the, and his attitude. He's dunked on a lot of good players. And then guys that are playing in college football this year, he's dunked on them. So uh, he's not afraid to compete. And he has All-American parents that are athletes themselves. So, I mean, his mom's probably one of the best athletes, female athletes to ever play at BYU. So, you know, those and his dad's one of the toughest guys I've ever met. So you kind of think that would rub off on his on their kid. So I think he, he's, he's loving playing football and playing O-line. And it's a new position for him. And uh, being 6'8 and 300 pounds can help out too. A couple weeks ago when you guys were essentially going through the rough patch, you said you like to coach whether it's good or bad. So now we've got two big wins in a row. It's good right now. I guess my question is, has anything changed? No, I mean, I, I think I mentioned also trying to – we have to – we have to we know what we're playing for, right? And and, and uh, with the limited amount of games that are left, and um, the time that we have left with these seniors, I think focusing on the, on the, that little time we have left. And I think you take it for granted when you have ten games or eleven games left, but uh, knowing that you're on the last uh, third of the season, you know, and trying to earn a right to to play one more game, uh, the sense of urgency has got to be there, and, and still playing with a chip on our shoulder and, and, and creating an opportunity for our guys to play at, our, at their best. That's the key that we're trying to get here. And uh, as a head coach, i got to make sure to give them that, that environment where they can thrive and, and get better. There's Kalani Sataki with the media. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines are on the way.